Andrew Zimmern is an Emmy and four times James Beard award-winning TV personality, chef, writer, teacher, and social justice advocate. As the creator, executive producer, and host of Travel Channel's Bizarre Foods franchise, The Zimmern List, he's devoted his life to exploring and promoting cultural acceptance, tolerance, and understanding through food. His family dinner has been airing on Chip and Joanna Gaines' Magnolia Network, and his new project is Family Restaurant, streaming now on HBO Max. Joining us to talk about it all once again is Andrew Zimmern. Andrew, how are you, pal? I'm great. How are you? I am great. How are things up at my old stomping grounds up at the Twin Cities up there? Uh, snowy, cold, wet, and yeah. hopefully uh, winter is going out like a kitty cat, but uh, who knows? You know, I love family dinner, which really put a spotlight on taking the time and gather your family for great conversations and a, and a great meal, which is so rare. But now comes Family Restaurant streaming right now on HBO Max, focusing on the family business. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's a little bit of a uh, canary in a coal mine, a trial balloon, uh, but I am, I am really hopeful that uh, the response to uh, this is going to uh, spur the network to want us to uh, make both family dinner and family restaurant for them. Um, it was sort of a natural extension. You know, yes. we've, we've spent three years, you know, we, we've got three seasons in the can season three of family dinner is now linear on Magnolia and obviously on discovery plus streamer. Um, it's been very successful. People love it. It's a simple concept. I go to someone's house for dinner. It's that easy, mm-hmm. but these are families that all make time to share at least one meal together every week. And in some cases, they're extended families that make sure to get together every month where people like literally drive five hours to come for, you know, the family dinner with grandma, grandpa, multiple generations at the table. And it it tells us so much about life in America. It tells us so much about what we have been missing in terms of connecting as human beings and what is possible when we do connect. So it was a very simple premise to think to ourselves back at, you know, intuitive content, my production company makes the show to think, well, what could we do to expand on that idea? Mm -hmm. And being a lifelong, you know, restaurant guy, uh, you know, I thought, well, what about family restaurants? You know, family run restaurants, multiple generation family run restaurants, just like multiple generation family dinners are special and unique, right? We, We love them. We love them more than any other type of restaurant. Number one, because if you're going to be in business for that long, you have to be good. Full stop. It doesn't. It does not matter what kind of whether you're a, a Michelin-starred Spanish restaurant like Arzac uh, in San Sebastian that's been operating the family for almost 200 years uh, in one way or another, or whether you're the the family diner on Main Street uh, in a small town in Ohio that's you know 70 years with the same family running it. Those places are our most special restaurants. And uh, so we, you know, we, we went to Pennsylvania and went to an Italian restaurant that's multi-generational. And uh, it turned out to be an exemplary uh, episode. And they've tested it a hundred different places and ways. And I hope everyone tunes in and watches it and lets the network know they like it. Yeah, the Polino family. And I will tell you that, you know, owning your own business is a big deal. The all-American dream, right? But it's easy it's not easy when you mix it up with your loved ones and, and depending on the family dynamic, it could 
certainly go either way. But when you think about it, family businesses generate 60% of the country's employment. And I have friends that own a place uh, downtown here uh, called Club Lago, and it's local. It's third generation. And they always tell the story, it's third generation, and we haven't screwed it up yet, which is a bonus, yep. <laughs> right, by the third generation. Yep. But sometimes when I go in there, like after a show, at la- you know, later at night and so forth, I might be having dinner with their mother at the bar at a table. Like, I know the dynamic of that place, and I love those family business because there's so much more to talk to them about their passion for what they do. Well, don't, you know, even, I mean, that's, and, and, and that's, you're spot on. That's correct. But even for the person who walks in one time because they're traveling and leaves and, and maybe only connects with someone briefly, a family member, whether they're a server, bartender, you know, whether it's, you know, grandpa at the door seating people, whatever it may be you feel an extra level of hospitality being given to you because in in an, in a in a chain restaurant or even in some independent restaurants where there is someone who is um a, a, an employee you may get great hospitality but when it's a family owned restaurant there is another level of care being given to their customers you truly are in an extension of their home. You know more than anybody going into a restaurant, even if you go into a family business, you know right away, by the way, you're greeted or how long it takes someone to get over to you, what kind of place you're in, right? And right. so I see in, in, you know, in a couple family businesses that I go to here, like even though I might be talking to them, they'll say, hang on one second, and they will welcome in everybody. Come on, you know, they'll jump around the counter and shake hands and kiss babies. And, you know, I remember, you know, when our, when kids were, our kids were little that, you know, we had a little one and he would allow us to eat by taking our two-year-old in his hand and he would go greet people with our two-year-old in his hand so we could have a meal and sit down in peace. I mean, that is a true family business. A hundred percent. They're magical. They are unicorns and they're disappearing. You know, at a very young age, um, you traveled a lot with your parents, experiencing different cultures, foods. And I know that was the driving force of getting into all this for you, but I'm sure you were going to a lot of local family run spots at the time. Yeah. Well, there were a lot more back then. You have to write, I mean, just historically in, in the, in in America, at least, I mean, let's just stick with, you know, our four walls here. Um, owning your own business was the American way. Mm-hmm. And so for a huge majority of immigrant populations coming from all over the world over the last 150 years uh, in, in the United States, one of the fastest ways uh, to owning your own business was food. Whether that was mm-hmm. a hot dog cart, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was you know a uh, a, a small little uh, counter place, or whether that was a a, a restaurant, humble or grand, um, it was food was a way to connect into another culture. And as Americans, historically, we've always inhaled other cultures first through our mouths, right? Right. Um, we get turned on to you know uh, the Spanish food before we get turned on to Spanish art or Spanish music for mainstream America, right? Mm-hmm. So it was always the fastest pathway. So those restaurants, uh, for the most part, were always uh, family-run and generational in that if, if you were a, a rancher, you passed that on to your kids. If you owned a restaurant, you passed that on to your kids. Um, 
And so the, 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 as the world has modernized and as, as America has become more and more of a convenience culture and it's become more and more costly to do business in this country, yeah. not easier to do business, right. we've lost a lot of those family restaurants. And I think that's part of the drive, too, is that at some point someone has to start documenting these. And I think that's of extreme value. Well, I'm putting a spotlight on them so that, you know, like when I think about going out, I, I will, uh, you know, with all due respect, I will avoid the chains like the plague because I want to go yep. to a local place. Right. Yep, you got to be course. purposeful in what yeah. you do. Yep. hundred percent. That intentionality, by the way, results in a better experience. Absolutely. That does not mean I'm sure like me, there are times when you don't have a choice right. and you wind up where you wind up. Yeah. And that's fine, too. And I'm not denigrating anyone right. who, you know, is a franchisee or owns or operates some other piece of business. But there is something truly special about a family run restaurant, especially in America of the, in 2023. You know, I was watching online. You discovered and a number just pivoting a little bit to fast food. But you discovered Culver's up north of us uh, a little bit uh, south of you. And. It, you get greeted in there like this. It's like no other fast food place. It almost feels a little in and out uh, to a degree, but you you got the feel of the place. You know who owns the place. You know you're getting fresh food for, food from behind the counter. You're getting conversation with people, and that really is important. But I think in everything you do, Andrew, in every show you've ever done that I've seen, you not only embrace the food, but you embrace the culture, uh, and most importantly, the people. And I think that is what is most engaging when watching you is the connection you make to the people who are hosting you. Well, I, thank you. That's a very kind compliment. I, I, I mean, I've been very intentional about that. And, and Culver's is a great example. You know, I moved to Minnesota 31 years ago. Uh, I think within a very short amount of time, uh, probably three or four years, I was on a road trip to see the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers mm-hmm. uh, play mm-hmm. a baseball game. Right. And uh, a bunch of us piled in a car and said, let's drive down, you know, early in the morning. It's a 2.30 start, and we'll drive home that night. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I was working in, in, you know, my first restaurant in the Twin Cities at the time. And it was, a, it was a great sort of little staff trip. And along the way, someone who in the car who was from Wisconsin passed a Culver said, oh, if you had no one had had one, he said, turn the car around. We walk in. Culver's is special. It's family owned and operated. Obviously, they have franchisees. Uh, but, you know, the, the Culver family is still involved, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, I mean, heavily involved. Very much. So. Um, and every single Culver's you walk in and you were greeted. You, yeah. I mean, greeted. Yes. And you are you are embraced with that, you know, Wisconsin, you know, version of 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 hospitality. And it is predicated on, and you mentioned it at the top, but it's why I love it, that the meat does not come in there frozen. Right. It's fresh. Right. The, the lettuce is cut in, in the store. The tomatoes are cut in the store. And that makes it, you know, that is not the case in all the other no. chain restaurants. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and you can, you can taste the difference. Yeah, and, and for anyone who hasn't had a real uh, Midwestern custard experience in terms of the ice cream product, um, Culver's will absolutely blow your mind. So I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, it is, it is my favorite place to go. Very genuine. Uh, You know, we, we did make a, you know, in full, uh, you know, clarity for everyone listening. um, The, I am engaged right now as a, uh, a spokesperson 
yeah. you know, for them. Uh, and they did a whole bunch of digital, they did a digital marketing campaign in, in which I'm, I'm featured. And the reason was because I had this genuine love affair yes. for the thing. And I kept, I kept writing about it all the time. They called me up and they said, would you like to do something? <laughs> I love that. And I yeah. said, sure. Yeah. 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 I said, sure. And in, in one of the pieces that we recorded, um, I actually go behind the, the, the counter to take someone's order on the register. <laughs> yeah. You forgot and the ketchup. You forgot the ketchup with the fries. I did forget the ketchup. <laughs> the young woman, the young woman who trains me in on the register is so funny without knowing it because she's taking it so, so seriously to make sure I understand what I'm doing. Even though there's cameras, it's almost as if she was just like, Oh, a customer just wants to learn how to operate the cash register. <laughs> it was hysterical. There was it, it comes off as if she's just a brilliant actress, but there was no setup at all. It's just the it's that Midwestern charm yeah. that comes sailing through that I just think is wonderful. There's no pretense or falsity with those people. And I think that trick just as someone who's eaten culvers on the road a lot in other states. I think that trickles down to places. Culver's is a great example of a chain uh, restaurant that's family-owned and operated. And done right. And you can't say the same about a lot of the others. That's very true. Very, very true. Before I let you go, I want to talk to you about this. A very famous guy once said, you might not know who this is, if it looks good, eat it. Now, I have to ask you, have you always thought that way? Or is that something that came as you traveled and explored the world? No, I've always thought that way, and I said it in the pilot of Bizarre Foods that we shot in 2005 that I think first aired in 2006, and then the series began in 2007. Um, And I said it in the first, I mean, this just sounds so, (laughs) so silly, but, you know, the the thing went through my head, like, well, you got to have a catchphrase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because you're making a pilot, you don't know what's going to happen to it. And uh, I actually said those words out loud, thinking to myself, well, if it stays in the show, it stays in the show. And I said it as an offhand line. And the director at the time was like so taken by that yeah, because I awesome. said it for the first time in a scene. It didn't make it in the final cut in that scene, but she insisted that I record it at the end of the show, standing somewhere saying, you know, and remember, if it looks good, eat it, because she thought it was such a great premise for the show that we were making, because ironically, to many people, what we were shooting did not look good, right? Yeah. So, you know, when a a grandmother, you know, gives you a a bowl of chanfina uh, in a jungle market in Nicaragua, which a chanfina is a stew made up of all the offal, the the heart and the lungs and the liver. Oh, yeah, I've seen you eat those, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cooked cooked for, you know, in this case, for 24 hours with hot chilies and onions and other vegetables in there. And then it's served in a bowl uh, with iguana eggs that have been poached in them because they want extra protein. Right, right. And they they they, they cook the iguana. They make a, a uh, they they roast it and and you can eat it. Um, but uh, sometimes when they're butchering the iguana, uh, unlike American chickens, which essentially are sterile uh, except for the ones that are egg layers. In the natural world, uh, they're males and females, and some of the females have eggs, and iguana eggs are delicious. So they just float them on the top of this chanfina, this bowl of simmering stew, and they serve it to you. Now, 
when you look at this stew, some people, at least the ones down there in Nicaragua, seek it out because it looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But to the American uh, way of eating, it it may look to some people off-putting. So my my catchphrase was a little bit of an admonition to people to, hey, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> right, right, yeah, you know? right, right. Yeah. Um, one man's weird is another man's wonderful, and it stuck, <laughs> and it was used in every single episode of Bizarre Foods we ever made. And now, when, I mean, obviously it's on the streamer, so everyone in the world can see it, but making a show for Discovery at the time, which owned the Scripps Group of Lifestyle Networks that Travel Channel was a part of, um, the, the the show aired in 170 countries and always has since day one. So uh, I was very lucky, you know, as opposed to like Food Network, which until there was the streamer was really d- domestic only. They didn't have an overseas carriage uh, for a lot of their shows. Um, I'd be in Paris and a, and, a, and a busload of Argentine tourists would go, you know, rolling by and they'd see us shooting. They'd scream at me. You know, sometimes in Spanish, sometimes in English, or you know, if it looks good, eat it. It, it, ah, it, it became it became something very popular, and I I never tire of hearing it, and I never tire of doing it. Um, I will tell you again, I love family restaurant. Um, I, I think it's a great focus. Yes, I hope there's a lot more of these because I think as a country we got to put a focus on these family businesses so that they stick around for for a long 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 time to come it's streaming now on hbo max it's a really great series family restaurant of course family dinner on magnolia and if you want uh, any more information on andrew andrewzimmer.com for everything else always a pleasure my friend talking to you great to talk to you as well have a wonderful day enjoy your travels take it easy all right three weekends to celebrate saint patrick's day in chicago the folks from chief o'neill's join us after the news next here on 720 wgn